0: This
1: is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast and find out about events and training in your area.
2: Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. I'm your host, Anna Hawkin, and this is episode six of season six. The season where we're talking about living on the child side, what it's like to be God's child, even when you're the parent. We're looking at the children and young people in our life and learning from them how to be a child, what it's like. And so today we are talking to Matt Vara-Wilson from Prayer Storm, all about how to ask for help and what you need. Kids are amazing at this. They ask us for stuff all the time. But do we stop and ask God for help and for what we need? Lucy is going to be catching up with Matt, uh, sharing a bit more of his story and what Prayer Storm do in just a moment. But just a reminder that we had our pop up small group on talking to kids about tests and exams. If you missed that, don't worry. It's all available on the website, including the discussion guides, uh, the videos, everything. So you can do that at any point when you've got an evening, you're folding the washing or sorting some life admin. Just whack it on in the background. um, And we really hope that that equips you to have a great conversation with your children and young people. And it's also not too late to sign up for the babies and toddlers course. So if you've got under fives, you can sign up as a group or if you're a dad or a male carer, you can sign up as an individual. And we're going to put you guys in a group together. But let's go over now to Lucy and Matt.
1: Thanks, Anna. Yes, I'm here today with a very special guest, all the way from Manchester. Previously worked for the Message Trust, which may, many of you may have heard of. Now works for Prayer Storm, which we're going to hear more about later. Uh, he was a graphic designer for the Message Trust and an illustrator. He coordinated prayer meetings and strategies. He's a husband of eleven years to the wonderful Beth. He has three daughters who uh, they homeschool together. They're part of the Ramp Church in Manchester. I'm so excited today to welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Matt Vera wilson Matt, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for today.
1: Tell us about you, Matt. Who are you? What do you like doing?
0: I'm basically uh, a graphic designer by trade. Uh, I do graphics and illustration. That's what I learned at university. Um, But yeah, I live up in Manchester with uh, my wife. I've got three kids. I've got um, obviously Izzy, Jola and Alma. Alma is six weeks old at the moment. Wow. So... Three daughters so my whole life my whole existence has been around little women because I came from a house of all sisters and now I have a house of all daughters the So God is
1: preparing um, you for that
0: <laughs> yes 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 he's definitely has so that is pretty much my existence but yeah I'm from Epsom originally uh, near southwest London um same sort of town as if you remember from the um the COVID time um the lockdown time where um you know do, do you guys probably remember the guy called Joe Wicks we did all mm. the lessons.
1: Very much. Not all yeah. good memories, I have to say, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not all the good memories, but yeah. So he he actually, me and him used to hang out. Uh, he's from the same town as me. So mm-hmm. the reason I pick him up is because no one else knows about Epsom up here half the time, uh, unless I pick up someone like his name. But um, anyway, so, yeah, it's been brilliant living up north. Um, God called us to live up north uh, when I got married to Beth. Um, I expected to live in London with her because I just got a great graphic design job and I thought God would have us there. But he then convicted me very strongly to come up to the north. And I came from a big church of about 600, this big New Frontiers church, um, to a small church of about 50 people. And, um, yeah, it was just it was just an amazing, amazing transition. Uh, God taught me a lot. Basically, prayer is my main hobby. Uh, and doing art and doing things with the family as well. So that's 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 pretty much me in a nutshell. Yeah. And now
1: you are working for an organization that gathers people together in intercessory prayer. So tell us a bit about Prayer Storm, what it does, what the vision is.
0: Yeah, yeah. So basically, Prayer Storm uh, started uh, with a guy called James Aladrin, um, and uh, he basically um, he went to um, this thing in the states called uh, the Ramp Church. And it's a big thing that works with a lot of the youth. Um, and uh, when he went to there, it was like a really big gathering of people. And he said he had never seen so many young people crying their eyes out, worshiping God with everything that they were. And he had just never seen anything quite like that to the, the 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 extent of it, with the the numbers of people, numbers of young people coming to God, but also just such a heart commitment to God and um he basically felt god say to him that he was going to mobilize like this in the uk and he was going to see kids in the uk actually passionate about jesus and so basically because they found out the leaders the american leaders found out that there were some people traveling from the uk were there they invited them up on the stage to just just to say a prayer um and so james came up and no one really knew james and james just went to pray and just the spirit of god came on him and he just got filled with such a heart like such a powerful heart for young people he said when he went home he started to pray between 10 and 16 hours a day he said yeah. it was just absolute dramatic where the spirit of prayer came on him and all of a sudden he could pray in the grace of god for much longer times than he you know could have done originally and so basically um we often see in the church, especially in the UK, we see lots of really great workshops. So we see lots of people getting trained in worship. We see people getting trained in evangelism. We get see people getting trained in the prophetic. We see people getting trained in many things. But I think we, in particular, we saw that one muscle that I don't think was being stimulated well was how do you pray? How do you pray longer? How do you, you know what I mean? How do you go beyond just praying for 20 minutes or half an hour. How do you go into the hours of prayer? How does that work? You know, what What should we be praying? How should how we pray? And so basically, PrayerStorm was sort of set up to really um, encourage and equip the church in particular uh, in doing boot camps and things like this and live events and things online where they could learn how to build their prayer capacity. You know, if Jesus could pray all night uh you know a number of the nights how can we pray how how can we tap into something greater because i think a lot of the sermons i've always seen in the church down the down the years is you know it sort of finishes with this thing of you need to read your bible more and you need to pray more but actually we looked at how can you pray more how you know if you break it down how can you actually pray more how can you get more out of prayer with god and particularly with young people to to really enter into a life of fasting or prayer Of living a holy life before God, um, which is such a rare thing, I think in the UK, you know. So I always say this to people all the time. I say, if you want to stand out in this generation, live a very holy life because that's very rare, you know. Now, so yeah, so that's how it started, and it's just been amazing how God actually called me there. He called me there by a crazy moment. Uh, Basically, I always felt that. I would be at my previous work, the Message Trust, which he mentioned for about seven uh, years. I felt God say, you'll be here for seven years. On the seventh year of being at that job, out of the blue, a Premier League football ticket came through my post door. <laughs> wow. Just that someone had posted a ticket to Arsenal versus Chelsea. To this day, no one in my family knows where that ticket came from no one knows where that ticket came from and I took that Premier League ticket and I went to that game and I was like I just went to the game and then and then I was like this is just so strange where would this ticket come from yeah and um basically during the first lockdown of covid um I felt um I felt God say to me uh, another ticket is coming your way and you will have nothing to do with it. Uh, another opportunity will come your way and you'll have nothing to do with it. And then he kept asking me this question, what do you want? And um, he kept asking me the question, what do you want? And then other people would pray for me and they would get the same question for me. What do you want? And um, to be honest, I will started to get a bit annoyed with that question because I felt I had too many responsibilities to think about what I wanted. You Mm -hmm. know, I was an elder of a church. I was in full-time ministry as well. I had a young family. I had so many things going on. And I felt God kept saying, What do you want? Because I knew in my life I needed a little bit of a fresh challenge. And I think I realized it's easy to tell people what you don't want, but actually to figure out what do you actually want? What has God actually put in you in your life? And so it took me about three months to really work out that question, to be honest with you. And at the top of it, I put, Actually, what I really want in life, number one, is to become a real person of prayer. To go to, an, I think that's the thing that really interests me because of what happened with my testimony, you know, I had such a dramatic moment with God. I was like, I want more of that. That's really interesting to me. And so God just, uh, once I had answered that question and prayer was the top, then out of the blue, prayer storm called me up and they say, we've been praying and we keep getting your name in prayer. And we think, you know, feel like you need to pray and ask God if you should come and work here. And um, I just felt God say, this is a golden ticket opportunity, Matt. And if you want it, you can have it. And so God is very kind to us because I was like very comfortable with my job. I was very comfortable in my life. And so to like take that leap of faith into something new was a bit of a shock. But God kept saying, this is a golden ticket opportunity. That day when I had to decide, someone shouted in my face three times, golden ticket in a completely unrelated thing. There was a golden ticket then on my desk at work, which was the Specsavers advert thing. Um, Then my daughter made me a golden ticket. Then there was another golden ticket thing. So I I got the message uh, that God was saying. And so I went across the prayer storm. And to be honest, I've never had a job that is so tailor-made to me as a person, you know, to grow in prayer, to lead prayer, to teach about prayer, and also to do graphic design as well within it. So it literally was a, a process of God saying to me, what do you want? Uh, me really figuring out with God what He had put in me, and then once I would answered it, He had He had actually then changed the whole situation. So it was it was quite a phenomenal way of me coming to Prayer Storm. So I hope that gives a bit of a picture. Yeah, believe that.
1: That certainly does. Wow. Again, what a story. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's amazing. And I love what you said about prayer being a muscle, you know, prayer being something that we have to kind of exercise. And, um, yes. you know, because I certainly don't consider myself a prayer warrior, you know, and I'd love to be, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I feel so weak in prayer. And actually that's such a helpful image to think, well, no, it, you know, it's not something that comes naturally to a lot of us. It's something we really yes. need the spirit of God uh, on us to, to kind of be able to engage fully in, in what God has for us in that area. Yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely. 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 I think because I have a um a sports or sort of background as well, I do understand that with the developing of muscles. And um, you know, also I have just a silly phrase in my head, which I always stick to, which is, you know, you've got to be in it to win it. So the more you're in it, the more yeah. stuff is gonna happen. And and if you can just push I think this is this is um this is one of the main things I've ever learned from prayer, uh, especially leading corporate prayer meetings which is usually there comes a place in every prayer meeting where there's a bit of unknownness sets in or a bit of boredom sets in or people don't really know what to do. Mm. And so that can come after 20 minutes, it can come after 40 minutes. And then usually people think, well, that's the prayer meeting done. Let's wrap it up now, you know, and then finish. But actually, it's a, it's a better picture to think about it. It's a bit like you're sitting in the sea and you've ri- ridden a wave and now you are, sitting in the sea patiently just floating but then sooner or later another wave will come and then you ride that wave
1: wow and i think
0: that's how i have that's how god has always trained me in it it's a bit like don't think sometimes when the boredom sets in or you don't know what to do sets in that that's the end of it like sometimes that's the beginning of it where Mm -hmm. now you've said all the things that you can say in your own prayer way and you've come to the end of yourself and now it's time for God to take over in the prayer time. So that's, that's definitely what God has shown me over the years.
1: Mm, That is such a helpful picture as well. Yeah. I love that. Just kind of, okay, now it's time to, I mean, I'm a talker. (laughs) So that really kind of resonates with me. I'll talk, talk, talk. And now, right. I'm off God. I'm off God. But yeah, just to kind of know, okay, maybe this is the time where I need to sit back now and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So encouraging. Um, Now this term, um, As you're aware, and some of our listeners, if they've been listening to this season will be aware, we are basing every episode on a chapter of Anna's forthcoming book, Being God's Child. And can I just take this opportunity to say what an amazing book it is. I'm about halfway through. Um, Anna will never big up her own book, obviously, for obvious reasons, because, you know, we are British and reserved and we don't want to kind of (laughs) blow our own trumpets. But Being God's Child, it comes out July 21st, I think. It's an absolutely amazing book. Really easy read, nice short chapters, perfect for busy parents, but so much wisdom wisdom in there so much to think about so much encouragement so i really really recommend you uh, get that on your pre-orders if you haven't already such a great book um and matt i just wanted to ask you the heart of prayer is this sense that we can't we can't do stuff in our own strength right it's that Mm -hmm. kind of vulnerability and awareness of our own weakness so really we're coming to prayer when we know that we are at the end of our own resources so what have you learned from children about asking for help
0: um, I, I I just find children so refreshing like deeply refreshing to be around uh, like I said I think I mentioned before that we homeschool um, but I learned so much from my kids about everything just their simplicity just the way of the, how they operate is just so refreshing uh, so I'm constantly like learning from them um, I feel just as and that's, that's me being authentic I, I feel like I'm constantly learning from them about everything and um yeah, I, I love the chapter in the the Anna's book um, when she refers to you know when we're a parent you know we're used to being asked for everything. It's really interesting of how much they do come for you for everything, mm. and um, you know how can we then relate that back to to God our own because you know a lot of the time we we try and do everything in our own strength, and then the things that we just can't, then we 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 uh, will you know uh, annoy God for almost yeah. Um, yeah. But, Actually, like, how can we ask him for more things continually? And the three scriptures that I've always leaned on, uh, three of my favorite scriptures uh, is number one is uh, Job 42.2, which is, I know, God, that you can do all things. Mm. And I love that scripture. I know that you can do all things. A bit like that kids come into us expecting us to know all things when we don't, and we're being creative with our solutions. Um, I love that. I, that gives me a good picture of who God is. I know God, you can do all things. Uh, Job 42, two, I love Jeremiah 32, 27 as well, which says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh is anything too hard for me. Mm. And again, that gives me a better picture of who I'm speaking to is anything too hard for him, you know? And, um, you know, if he made the heavens, if he made the higher heaven, highest heavens, if he made the earth and everything in it, if he made the sea and everything in it, it's like, is anything too hard for him? And I think, um, yeah, I think uh, God does surprise us sometimes when He comes through with a specific prayer thing, and it's like, oh no, He He is listening. Um, the other one I always refer to, and I've always referred back to, is uh, Job thirty six seven as well, when He says this. This gives me the most amount of confidence, which is He never withdraws His eyes from the righteous, mm. and I love that He never withdraws His eyes from the righteous, and obviously we're righteous because of Jesus. So he never withdraws his eyes from you or me. He never, ever takes his eyes off us. Mm. And um, one of the pictures that God gave me with this was, um, I remember one uh, summer's day, uh, one of my children was playing in the middle of the floor with one of her toys. And she she didn't realize I was there. I was just there watching her from afar. And I was watching her to to make sure she was okay. I was watching that she wouldn't hurt herself. And I was watching her also because I delighted in her you know, she gave me a real smile when I looked at her. And um, I think um, she never was aware that I was there at that moment. But if anything had happened to her, I would have stepped in at the moment. And I think God taught me a lot about how he never withdraws his eyes from us, that he's always there, even when we sense him or we don't. um, You know, we're not called to be feelers, we're called to be believers. And he basically uh, is there watching us and taking care of us and Uh, That's how I've always seen God. So I think, I think it's just that encouragement that God as well is the only father that's never been broken. So he's the only father who's never, he's not, he's not working with brokenness. He's not working with a short temper. He's not working with anything like that. He's, he's literally perfect in love. Mm. So um, I think I'm'm I'm, I'm still processing this, but I'm asking him more, but I'm expecting more in a simplistic faith that God will come through in any sort of capacity. And the one thing I do I do say this a lot and and I do refer this actually back to Anna's book. she she made a brilliant point uh, in uh, One Kings seventeen. she says about and uh, she talks about Elijah and she talks about how he's in a remote place and God uses like a raven to bring food to him. And how unlikely that would be in the region that he's in, uh, using an unclean animal like a raven as well. And and um unless we understand this one point about God, we're never we're gonna we're gonna get so frustrated with God. Um God is very, very creative. And I believe the reason he doesn't come through in the way that we expect him to is because he likes to be creative. Yeah. A bit like he's expect you know, for our kids that we have to be creative with the with what we've got in our hand to to help the kid. And God loves to be creative with lots of different things because I, I believe he loves to write fresh testimonies through us.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And it's so helpful, isn't it? Because God answers prayers, but not in the way we're necessarily expecting him to answer them. Yes. And, and we can almost sort of um, close ourselves off to what God is doing because yeah. we're expecting him to work in a particular way. Yeah, saying, well, no, I'm going to work in this way and I'm going to do over and above what you were asking or expecting, but it will look a bit different. You mentioned before that our children, you know, naturally come to us, you know, mom, 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 dad, 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 you know, almost like too much. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) I just give it a break (laughs) because they think we can fix all their needs all the time. We've got all the answers. (laughs) Um, Obviously, we try and and do what we can for our children. We, We try and be good parents, but ultimately we want to encourage our children to rely on their heavenly father. their needs and I just wondered if you could give us any kind of insight any ideas as to how we do that as parents as children's youth workers how can we encourage our children to rely on a heavenly father as well as an earthly parent
0: I think what encourages me and also helps me to steer them towards God is like for example us as parents can only do so much and um sort of pushing them to the place where actually a lot of the other stuff they can get from God. So so for example, uh, I'll just share a couple of quick testimonies um, which has happened in our life, uh, which are, you know, they're not always big radical ones, but I'll share a couple that are really, really made me think, you know, like, it's almost um, made God bigger to us as a family, not just us as parents, but to our kids as well. So, for example, I remember one one summer we didn't have any, uh, we had very we, we were right on the edge of with money. It was just like so super tight every month. Um, and um, basically, our, we were on our way to our wedding in Liverpool and our, our car basically broke down on the way there and the exhaust fell off. Our car just sounded like just sounded like a trump you know it just sounded so terrible you know without the exhaust on it and we ended up having to miss the the wedding and we ended up getting towed all the way home and um even though i was sad to miss the wedding i was also sad or thinking how am i going to get to work on monday morning without a car Mm. and uh, you know when reality sets in and uh, the next day actually the next morning i'm walking with my daughter um and Beth to church because we can't drive there. So we actually have to walk there, which is not too far away, but we had to walk there uh, because our car is like completely dead. And um, me and my daughter, we started to pray for a car. We said, God, we don't have the money. Can you provide a car? And we started to describe the type of car. Um, honestly, within 30 minutes of praying for that, uh, a guy comes to us at church and uh, he says to me, he says, how are you doing, Matt? I said, oh, I'm all right, thanks. I said, I had a bit of a terrible weekend because my car broke down, et etc." et cetera. He said, oh, that's really funny. And then he gave me car keys. <gasps> and I was like, what? I was like, what? What?" He said, this morning at 6 a.m., God told me to give me your car. <gasps> and um, he had literally just bought this car. He only had one car. Gosh. And he said, God told me, give Matt your car this morning. And he wow. didn't know what had happened with us. So literally we drove back our new car from church, um, <laughs> you know, with the papers. And my neighbors were like, where did you get that from? <laughs> like, all my family were like, as well, that I've never, heard, you know, none of them were Christians. So they were like, when I tell them story, they're like, I've never heard anything like that before. Mm. Um, and um, especially for my daughter, she was like, this is amazing, you know, like within half an hour and completely outside of our control. And the guy, this is really funny. The guy that gave us his car, then didn't have a car and he was very busy. So I had to pick him up for two weeks and drop him off <laughs> with his new car. So, that's funny. so that was kind of awkward as well. Um, anyway, <laughs> it was just really, really funny moment. And uh, it just, you know, just just brought so much life into our home. Like, oh, this is uh, but then the guy, this is crazy. The guy that gave us the car, and remember he had only recently bought this car. Mm. Um, a old guy came to the church one day and he didn't know what happened with all the situation. And he gave him an envelope and in the envelope was the amount of money times four that the, the car that they gave us was worth. Wow! So, so he had literally got given a check for four times the exact amount of the car that he had just given to us. Gosh. And it was like two and a half weeks later, so it was like just a crazy period. And we were only a small church at the time. And it just brought such encouragement, and everyone started sharing these testimonies. Mm. Um, but it was like we had come to the end of our resources as parents. And so the kids had to see uh, the Heavenly Father's resources at play. In and, and they had to have a testimony of their own. But also, another one recently, my middle daughter was nonstop having nightmares uh, just, you know, coming in the night all the time. As a parent, I can't do anything about that. I can say a prayer for them before they go to bed. I can try and relax them, but there's not a lot I can do in that poem. But, you know, for about a year, she's just coming in with nightmares, nightmares. Anyway, I was hanging out with some friends recently, this this amazing godly family in Derby. And uh, the, the guy just says this random testimony at the blue. He says, you know, none of my four kids have ever had one nightmare between them. Never in their whole life. And I was like, really? And that really like stood out to me. I said, Wow, you know, and he said, just one of the things he would always hold the kids in his hands and pray, pray in the spirit, um, just pray over them continually, um uh, and with them. And he just said, they'd never had it, te- and I'd never heard any testimony like that before. Mm. I thought oh, it's got nightmares because that was my that was what was familiar to me, anyway. So that night, I went home and I told uh, my middle child, Jola, about it, who had had all these nightmares. And um, I said, instead of me praying for you before you go to bed now, Jola, you and me are going to pray together. We're going to pray together in the spirit. We're going to pray together to God together every night before you go to bed. And um, it's been three months now and she's not had a single nightmare, which is an absolute miracle. And she knows now it's down to God. And, you know, um, whatever it is, you know, we we keep like a bit like what Anna actually refers to in the book about, you know, you know, God's names, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, you know, you know, being a healer, being a provider. We've always taught kids, our kids that God is the God of breakthrough. So whether it's I'm struggling with reading, well, God is the God of breakthrough. Let's bring that to him, you know, do all things, you know, with prayer and petition, you know, uh, do not be anxious about anything, that that key verse. And um, so she's seen that. And so not everything we we pray for we get immediately because that would I would not be telling the truth if that's the case. But many big things that they have seen, and I think it's so key that they get their own testimonies in God rather than just hearing about our testimony. So, the like I said before, you've got to be in it to win it. So, the more you get the kids involved in prayer, praying for stuff, the more they're going to see results from the prayer. And yeah. that's going to cause their 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 life in God just to just to go to another level. So anyway, I think I hope that makes sense.
1: It does. Yeah, I'm kind of hearing two strands. Though. I'm I'm hearing the very very familiar idea of when we are at the end of our own resources as parents, which I yeah. daily feel. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know about any yeah. other parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just that reminder to 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 go to God in prayer, to bring our children to God in prayer, to go to God in prayer together for the things that we can't do because we can't. We're so limited, aren't we? We're so finite in our own resources. Yes. And secondly, to involve them and, you know, one of the key tools of Parenting for Faith is what we call chat and catch, you know, chatting to God and catching what he has to communicate with us because that can happen in a whole number of ways, not just listening, but, you know, all sorts of different things that we might feel or or sense or whatever. Um, and, and that creates, you know, we'd like to talk about a God connected kid over a God smart kid, you know, Mm -hmm. not just the God smart kid who knows all the answers in Sunday school, (laughs) who knows all the books of the Bibles, but, but actually God connected, you know, a child who has a living relationship with God and what you're describing, those experiences can't be, um, they they can't sort of be argued against can they when you've had an experience like that you know someone could argue against christianity from an academic point of view yeah. but when you've had an experience you know it to be true you know it's not just that you know it in your head but you know it in your heart and that's so powerful so yeah. thank you for sharing. That's super cool. Um, and I just wanted to uh, ask you, because I know that Prayer Storm has got a, a kids prayer conference coming up, which I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about. And just generally, you shared so many cool stories today. You've inspired me to pray more. <laughs> so even if no one else listens to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. They will. Don't worry. Uh, but I'm sure you've inspired a lot of listeners. You've inspired me. Um, where can people go to find out more about the Prayer Storm, more about the um some of the resources that are we'll on offer, and especially this this kids prayer conference as well, which some uh, listeners might be interested in.
0: Yeah, so basically, um, if you just go to YouTube, you just type in Prayer Storm TV, Prayer Storm TV, and so um, we have got so much online stuff there, and it's all about helping kids, and it's about helping adults. The kids stuff is new, quite new actually, so mm. that's building now, um, and so um, but it's all about helping adults or helping kids build in capacity in prayer capacity that's that's the only thing that it's really about so i want to say if you're a parent um if you want to learn more about waiting on god if you want to learn more about praying in the spirit for longer maybe you know an hour or two hours and you need someone to be alongside you to do that or even how can prayer be so transform- Um transformational in your own life so i would just say go to press on tv go to uh waiting on god there's there's different tv series let there's different series and there's also there's there's sessions to go with it which you can just do at home in the morning and either myself or james or someone else will help guide you through those times to help you in your prayer a bit like a personal trainer what god's done with us we will also want to impart to others We're actually gonna be doing our first ever pressed on kids conference on June the 10th. uh, And it's gonna be between 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on a Saturday. And that's gonna be the start, I believe, of many things coming up um, where kids are gonna be given the platform to really grow in prayer, to grow in competence and preaching, to grow in all these things that they don't have to wait to do. So it's all about equipping them. So we're super excited about that. So if you want more information about that, just go to our website, Preston.org.
1: Well, we will link to all that, Matt. We'll, we'll link to the conference. We'll link to the YouTube channel as well in the uh, show notes of this podcast. So if you're listening and you'd like to get a hold of PressDorm resources, then do check out the show notes. But I just want to say a huge thank you for all the stories you shared, all the inspiration. Yeah, it's just been amazing. Thanks so much for coming on the Parenting for Faith podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Lucy.
2: This week's question to spark an interesting conversation is this what do you think jesus needed help with what do you think jesus needed help with have a great half term if that's the thing in your life we won't have an episode next week but we will be back on the 6th of june with episode 7 with, uh, with victoria beach from godventure which is all going to be all about appreciating and celebrating big and little things hope to see you there if uh, you want to listen back to any old episodes Uh, Do make the most of that while you've got a week off. Bye.
1: Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight session course, to get in touch or to find out about training and events near you.